0: You're listening to the Seahawks Insiders.
1: Wentz from the shotgun, takes the snap. Here comes the rush. Wentz gets hit by Frank Clark, and Clark slams him down.
0: Getting you ready for Seahawks football every Sunday.
1: First and ten, the play fake. Russell looks. Going to lay it up for the end zone. Doug Baldwin reaches out, makes the catch. Is he in?
0: He is. Touchdown, Seahawks. Powered by Seahawks.com.
1: Welcome to the Seahawks Insiders Podcast as we get you ready for the Seahawks game against the Oakland Raiders. This week is a little bit different, not only because we're outside the division and outside the conference, but because we are outside the country and actually in London. John
0: Boyle from Seahawks.com. Hi, Jen. How are you? you i Enjoying good. a little change of scenery?
1: Is it a change of scenery?
0: I mean, it's still football, so.
1: I But it's very similar to what we would see in Seattle.
0: That is true. It's, it's
1: very rainy. It's very gray. You know the thing that surprises me that I, it should not surprise me? There's actually a London Bridge.
0: Do you think they were making that up?
1: I. You don't think. <laughs> about this as a kid you have kids you don't think about this when you are singing a song as the kids i don't
0: don't know i assumed that the song was about an actual bridge
1: i assumed it was too but in your mind you don't really think of it the same way until you're actually standing next to london bridge this is definitely the best start to a podcast you feel like you should start singing london bridge is falling down
0: i'm not gonna do that are you
1: sure I didn't I just teed you up for this and you're not you're I'm not, not going. I'm there. not
0: gonna sing. That would kill our <sighs> listening. You know what? Members. You haven't
1: had enough pints. There you go. Maybe if you would have had a few pints. Give
0: it some more time.
1: All right. Well I don't think we have time to have pints today because we have way too much stuff to get through and I think you know, really John, what we need to talk about, I I think, are all the positive takeaways from the game against the Rams. And there are so many things that you could look at and say, man, it's disappointing they didn't win. And yeah, it it is disappointing, especially when you are that close and it's a division opponent. But I would say that overall, from my vantage point on the sidelines, it was a well-played game. And, And I think that there's far more positives than negatives to take out of it.
0: It was. And look, I mean, you never want to lose, especially at home. And we're not, you know, we're not talking moral victories here. It's the NFL and this is a team with playoff aspirations and every loss is going to hurt that. But when you look at how good the Rams are and you look at how well the Seahawks played, particularly on offense, which I think, you know, the early part of the season, our biggest question marks were about the offense. They weren't running the ball the first couple games. They ran the ball in uh, the win in Arizona, but the passing game wasn't very explosive. We saw that offense come together and look like what they want it to look like. They ran for 190 yards. They hit deep shots on play action. I mean, at that, I almost, despite the result, I almost come out feeling better about the direction the team is headed than before that game, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I would say for the first time, in a long time, that I have watched that matchup. You know, when you talk about the 190 rushing yards that the Seahawks have, not only was that number impressive, I don't think I have ever seen the Rams' D-line look like they did. They did not want to stop the run. They did not want to go in that one-on-one battle against the O-line.
0: No, and that's a great point. I actually said that as the game was unfolding, probably in the third quarter, I I looked at uh, the person sitting next to me in the press box and just said, this is the Rams. Like, you go back, even the games the Seahawks have beat the Rams, really the entire, you know, since Aaron Donald has been there and Brockers and all those guys, even the games the Seahawks win, it's been ugly. They they have a hard time functioning on offense. You know, It feels I like they're
1: flying up by I, the seat of their pants. Yeah, like, they're I, just waiting for I a think, lucky I go back play to the kinda. game
0: in L.A., which the Seahawks won, but the mm-hmm. first two drives, I remember it vividly, both drives just were dead as soon as they started because it was a handoff to Thomas Rawls. And he's tackled, tackled for, a loss. for like a 5 yard loss yep. as he takes a handoff. So it's not just that they ran the ball well and played the style of offense they want. They did it against, you know, the most talented defensive line in the NFL and one that has just given them fits over the years.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, the guys all said it after the game, and you're right. They, they weren't looking for a moral victory. But when you consider you still have to play this Rams team again later in the season, I guarantee you. That matchup and those inside offensive linemen, they have left their mark.
0: They're excited about it. I mean, they were all disappointed that they lost, but they were already saying, you know, we get to play them again. They, you know, they're really, that line, and deservedly so, they're very excited about the way they're playing. And that's, I mean,. Talk about the job Mike Solari's done in and guys they've added, like DJ Fluker and JR Sweezy. That, that whole group has been very impressive.
1: Yeah, and you can see, again, the benefits of having that power scheme versus zone blocking, particularly against that 3-4 front and just not being put on their heels. The Seahawks not being on their heels, but putting the defense on its heels early in the game. Here's another benefit we saw from that running game or another positive the yards per carry is going up. Because I know for the first few weeks, that was, I don't know, a red flag or alarming, but it was something that was worth talking about. And now, against a couple of tough defenses... They have steadily gone up. I think they were at about five point nine.
0: That is exactly what they're at. Carry. And you're right, because that the Cowboys game was kind of the let's make sure we establish a run game after not getting that going the first two games. And the, you know, they they ran it a bunch. Carson had his thirty two carries, got his hundred yard game, but they only averaged two point nine a game or a carry in that game. Then you see that number jump up to five yards of carry against Arizona. As you said, it goes up to 5.9. So it's not just that they're committed to it and they're handing the ball off and doing it. They're doing it with a lot of success.
1: There were a couple of guys, though, who did not run the ball on Sunday. And this has become as much of a talking point as the guys who did run the ball. One of them is the rookie Rashad Penny. He did not see any snaps on offense, and it was Tyler Lockett back there returning kicks, which Pete said, you know, look, we don't know what the Rams are going to do on special teams. They have been, Pete didn't say this, I'm going to say this, a thorn in the Seahawks' side. You need somebody back there with experience. So I get that. But for folks that are trying to read into what's up with Rashad Penny... My response would be, he's a rookie and he's learning, and this is how you learn a position. And it's but been a month. I mean, that's, I, yeah.
0: I, I see a lot of people wanting to judge that draft pick based off four or five games, and to me, that's just silly. Let's let's give it a while and see what happens. I I would guarantee he is going to play a big role in some games this year and beyond. That it's, look, it's as you said, he's learning, and this isn't like he's not getting on the field and they're struggling. He's he went he didn't get on the field because the other two guys That's were what playing incredible yes. well. I mean,
1: you're not hurting you're for a running Chris back Carson, right now. Carson who's
0: averaging 6 yards a carry or Mike Davis who's averaging 5.7. It's look, he, there's going to be time for a Penny. He's going to be an important player for this offense, but just the way it was going last week, those two guys were the hot hands.
1: I tend to agree with that. one. here's the other guy who did not have a carry in the game? Oh, I know. <laughs> Russell Wilson.
0: First time in his career.
1: How about that? Yeah. Now, I don't know what you make of this. I know that there's a lot of questions. Is it the hamstring? Is it really that he's, you know, making all the right reads and he doesn't have to run? There's a part of me that says they're just holding that one little trick back.
0: I mean, it's always nice to have that in your pocket when you need it. And again, they didn't need it. Like, they averaged six yards of carry and ran for 190 yards. And as Pete Carroll said... The Rams were doing a good job accounting for him. So uh, Pete Carroll mentioned that in his radio interview earlier in the week. As you know, he made the right read on most of those. And you know, I don't know. He says the hamstring's fine. He's on the injury report because he's got to be on there. But he looked pretty good running all the way yeah. downfield trying to block for yeah, Mike Davis. True. So I think if he I needs prefer to, he
1: not do that. FYI, he took but...
0: a little bit of a shot yeah. on that one. It's you know, it's fun sometimes, but it you know probably don't make a habit of it. It's because Mike. Mike Davis is really good at that cutback, so that's kind of what leads to that. So, yeah, you know, I think it's still there when they need it. They ran really well without it, and if you can avoid your quarterback running around too much, it's probably not a bad thing.
1: And from the press box, because sometimes from the field it's hard to see, it looked like Russ had lanes if he wanted to. I think so. On some some of those re-keeps, right? And so you're just going to have some teams, even though he hasn't run, it's not like the opponents can't see those lanes either, they're going to have to account for it or they're going to be burnt. Yeah.
0: I mean, if anything, I'd say, you know, it's it's nice when he just keeps it once or twice a game to keep him honest. And if I'm sure that we'll see that if, if teams aren't respecting it, he's going to tuck it a few times and get 10, 15 yards. We saw one of those in Arizona where it's just yeah. an easy, easy run.
1: Yeah. All right. So we've talked about the positives that we saw out of the offense. The defense, you know, I saw a lot of positives just knowing how explosive that Rams team is. But now with the benefit of some hindsight and and trying to put some numbers around this, I'm wondering if I was overly optimistic about what this defense did or if it's a good benchmark so they know where to get better starting this week.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was kind of an interesting day for the defense. They made some big plays, did some good things. But they got beat on some plays. And I think the the biggest thing, they just they missed too many tackles that let moderate gains become big gains. And it's you know, they one of the things Pete Carroll really harped on with this Rams offense is they've just been hitting teams on deep balls, you yeah. know, getting guys open for fifty, sixty, seventy yard gains. That we that they stopped. The Seahawks did a good job staying on top of those, but they still had some huge gains where you know an intermediate pass, Guy misses a tackle, all of a sudden a 15, 10-yard play is a 25, 30-yard play. Clean that up. I think they're going to be okay. And, again, they're not going to see an offense like this too often other than you know next time they play them. But well, that's y- true. As you said, it's a good benchmark for this defense to kind of know what they need to clean up.
1: Well, and I would say this. On some of those players... Todd Gurley, we already know he's a tough guy to bring down and even a perfect tackle is not necessarily going to bring him down. So I guess I'm wondering on some of those missed tackles, how many account for, you know, poor form or you were a step behind or you didn't actually follow your technique and wrap up versus the Rams just have some unique athletes.
0: That's very true. I mean, again, we're talking about one of, if not the best offenses in the NFL, so Look, the the defense knows it needs to clean some things up. You know, Frank Clark talked about this. They want the pass rush to be better and affect the quarterback more. So that this defense, we've seen a lot of good out of them through the first five games, but that game showed some of the areas they can still get better.
1: And I asked... Uh frank about that pass rush after the game and i'm curious because i you know look the personnel up front has changed the last few weeks you've had different guys inactive you've had guys hurt you had Dion jordan playing on sunday he hadn't played the week before uh, what is your kind of theory on why that pass rush isn't quite as potent as you would hope or want
0: you know it it's a couple of things. Some of it, you lost some guys in the off season that were a big part of it before, and we're, we're waiting on some guys to kind of fill in those roles. Dion Jordan, he missed a lot of time, and he's—I don't think he's quite back to being the player he wants to be, and we'll see more out of him. Rasheem Green, as we talked about with shop Penny, it takes rookies some time sometimes to get going, and he showed some flashes in the preseason, and I think he can still make a big contribution, but. Maybe and he's just been not. Hurt yeah, and he's missed weeks. two games yep. now. So when he gets healthy, that'll help. Frank Clark's been great. He's playing really well, but they do need to get some more. And Jaron Reed, we should you know give him yes. a mention. He's gotten three sacks, which is big to get that out of an interior guy. So they need to get more out of that unit, though they know that.
1: What we saw with Tedrick Thompson, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about what was the defense going to look like without Earl Thomas, and you can point to again some of the missed tackles in the secondary that led to big games. But I I think overall. Fans have to be pleased with what they saw in Tedrick. It's something that maybe you and I have seen at practice. His teammates have certainly seen it practice. And now maybe folks can just breathe easy.
0: Yeah, I mean he it was a it was a good and bad day for him. He is as you mentioned and Pete Carroll mentioned, he did miss some tackles, but so did other guys. This is not just a Tedrick Thompson problem. And he's just gonna get better. Look, I mean he know he's played in the preseason, he's been in those dime packages, but this was his first game be in a every down free safety and he made some big plays in that game he had the interception on the Hail Mary at the end of the half he almost had another one that the receiver just got a hand on right in front of him to deflect it you know had a couple big run stops in the hole so he you know showed he's willing to be physical so you know again it it wasn't a perfect game for him he's going to get better but it was enough I, I saw enough to feel like they're in pretty capable hands there
1: Well, and those interception numbers and turnover numbers, the Seahawks again win the turnover battle against the Rams. Unfortunately, they lost the fourth quarter lead, which is something we have seen happen now twice this year. That is uncharacteristic for the Seahawks, so something that you don't want to see happen again. But those interceptions, I am almost willing to bet a pint on this. They add to that number this week, just based on what Derek Carr is doing. It, it, I, he has thrown more interceptions and touchdown passes this year. And you've got a Seahawks defense that is now just – it feels like in some ways they're hitting their stride back there in the secondary.
0: Yeah. No, it's been awesome to see. I mean, one of the big things people talked about last year with this defense and one of the kind of big question marks coming into this season is – the turnovers you know the, the Seahawks had a really good turnover ratio last year and a lot of that was because the offense took care of the ball And the defense did an okay job getting it away but you know people are just we're a little spoiled by what this defense did you of know, 2013-2014 thir- where they were leading the league in turnovers and it it kind of kept tapering off and I don't think that was as much the play of the defense as the way teams attacked them but we've seen it kind of spike back up just you know multiple interceptions a game it's it's fun to watch and I find myself, it's a fun feeling when you watch a defense and, like, every time they're on the field, you think, oh, they, they might get one here. You know, maybe, maybe the team's driving and they're in the red zone and you're thinking, uh-oh, are they going to get up a score? But there's always that thought in the back of your mind, like, they're going to get a takeaway. And we saw it a couple times.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In fact, the Raiders had a couple of giveaways – We'll say Sunday Um, one that did not make Marshawn Lynch too happy. We haven't talked about the Raiders part of this one yet. And and Marshawn is still doing Marshawn things, averaging 4.3 yards of carry. You know, he is somebody that needs to be stopped. And perhaps the play call stopped him on Sunday. Did you see that one?
0: I did. Yes. A lot was made of that, you know, the, the, the not handing it off thing. So
1: here's why I bring that up. Because you know what? Sometimes, actually, that is a good play call. It's not always intercepted. It did not go the way. And, oh, by the way, never say never. Because did you see the quote that Carr had a few years ago? I did, yeah. I would never do that. You know what? I wouldn't say never because that's not always correct.
0: Yeah. you got to be careful what you say, but, you know, putting ultimatums on things.
1: Anyway, my, I use that also to say this. They have not been good. Carr has not been good in the red zone at throwing for touchdowns. He has had this as a challenge. And John Gruden is supposed to be the quarterback's guy, but that has not been a very good it kind of mesh. Yeah, it's, it's been
0: a tough start for that offense. So, there, you know, I do think there's going to be opportunities for the Seahawks defense. I think this is a game where, you know, it, I'm not going to say it. it's a game they sh- will win and it's going to be easier than like that but when you look in the matchups there's a lot that the Seahawks come out on top of.
1: And they do not have to face Khalil Mack. I mean I've never been so glad that that was a week 2 matchup and
0: not this Well, week. we were so glad about it in week 2, no, but, but now, now that
1: it's over and now, done it's yeah. like okay, at least we don't have to deal with that in London. You know?
0: Yeah, we we will see our old friend Bruce Irving. We
1: will. And you know what? We've only got two minutes left. But when uh, we saw the Raiders in the preseason, there was a couple of things that I noted on the sidelines. One, the Seahawks really do like playing the Raiders. And, you know, say what you will about guys are too friendly these days. They enjoy seeing former teammates, former coaches they well, have especially the—I t- mean, we're talking right? Marshawn
0: Lynch and Bruce Irvin. Those are two guys who are very well liked, well respected in their locker room.
1: Yes, and so, Ken Norton, having been there, exactly. coming back, so, yeah. I there's mean, a lot of ties.
0: Yeah, it's no. It'll be fun for those guys, and I think it's gonna—you know—obviously, it, Seahawks fans are gonna want to see what it looks like for Marshawn Lynch to go against Seahawks. It'll be kind of a fun little storyline.
1: One of the things that Marshawn Lynch told me though during the preseason was Bruce Irvin has really grown up as a leader. You know, he was always a freak of an athlete. He was always great on the field. He is the guy who has taken over that locker room and now that was prior to Khalil Mack being traded now that falls even more on Bruce pretty high praise when Marshawn Lynch is calling you the leader in the clubhouse or in the locker room. exactly yeah so this will be a fun game on Sunday it's been a fun time in London and I would anticipate that we've got a few more hours of fun before we really have to buckle down for that game Right. That's what we're don't tell anybody. I just said, that. no, no fun allowed. Work only. No, uh, no, No we're going to have a lot of fun. And you know what? I anticipate having fun talking about this game next week when we return with another another edition of the Seahawks Insiders podcast.